We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. You got just me today, Cody. And today I wanted to talk about some questions that the Indianapolis Colts did and did not answer in the 2022 season. Now, I'll start it off by saying this. Anytime you finish with four wins on the season, there's going to be a lot more things you did not prove, you did not answer. Uh, versus things you did answer, but saying that there are a few things the Colts did answer in 2022. And so with that, I will start with some of those things the Colts did not figure out. The first one has to be the quarterback situation. Now, we never thought Matt Ryan was going to be a long-term solution at quarterback, but we did think he was going to give the Colts a little bit of a breathing room, right? You thought at minimum two years with Indianapolis and that process guys was just expediated, especially with how poor Ryan was playing last year. It definitely looked like his arm was shot at times, right? It looked like he was done. Even though Ryan said he thinks he can still play. I think a lot of us can say after watching Matt Ryan in 2022, he's pretty much done at this point. I mean, he doesn't have much juice left in that arm. And so, that's unfortunate because now it really, you know, forces the Colts. They have to make that decision this year, whether they like it or not. They cannot go into the season with another stopgap solution. I think Jim Mercer has grown tired of it, and the fan base clearly has grown tired of it as well. So what the Colts need to do is they got to go draft that. So saying that it really didn't, you know, give you much of an opportunity. You're more than likely going to move on, going to cut Matt Ryan unless he retires. And you're going to have a new quarterback again under center in 2023. So the quarterback carousel continues for the Colts. Fortunately, they still have an opportunity now, right, to get it right long term, right? They have an opportunity to get one of those top quarterbacks with the fourth overall pick, opportunity to trade up potentially with a team like Chicago, maybe with Arizona. So there's a few opportunities for the Colts to get that right. But as far as the 2022 season goes, the Colts again had questions at the most important position, which is why they're sitting there right now where they are. But also I wanted to talk about it as well. Just because the Colts are really bad at quarterback, they also prove that they're more than just a quarterback away. Let me explain what I mean by that. So the Colts offensive line really started to show some cracks this year. It got better down the stretch, but 
it's clear that there are some personnel issues, certainly some coaching issues, and some other things, right, that that just makes it like the Colts have to get some of these other things right on top of the quarterback position to be truly a contender moving forward. So I think that proved that a lot of us thought going into the 2022 season, the quarterback was the only thing the Colts needed to really address, and that wasn't the case. There was a lot more they need to address and hopefully will address in this offseason. And so with that, one of those things being the head coach, I mean, I think one thing that Reich did not prove and also did prove was he proved he was not the guy for the Colts. He did prove that the Colts needed to move on from him, and they did. Now, I'm not a big fan of how they went about it necessarily. I thought that they probably should have just let the season play out as it was. But you know what? Reich wasn't the guy. I think it was very obvious. The team you know, definitely seemed like it did not receive his message well. Um, and, and it kind of felt like the message of Frank Reich kind of grew stale this season, right? Especially after the collapse in Jacksonville last year. It just seemed like he kind of had lost the locker room in some ways. And so... Uh, that was one thing Frank Reich clearly did not answer the question, can he be the Colts coach long-term, be the guy that can lead them to the promised land? He is not that guy that can do that. And so the Colts will be looking for a new head coach here in this 2023 season. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, a couple other things as well. Um, I, I want to say where the Colts did not prove was they could not prove that they are legit contenders. And that starts with the division, right? The Colts proved that they cannot win the division. They haven't won it since 2014. And they just continue to show, you know, why right now this team is a laughing stock of the NFL, right? It, you know, all the hype, all the experts, everybody was saying, this is the Colts division to win this year. And the Colts not only didn't win it, <laughs> they were quite literally the worst team in the AFC South this last year. Um, you know, they, they only won one game in the AFC South the entire season. That's not good enough. That's outright terrible. And so Colts proved that they clearly were not contenders, even in their own division, um, which is, was, that was the big thing, right? That was kind of the, if the Colts can win the division this year, then we'll feel really good about their future moving forward. And they couldn't even do that. So we're not contenders at all in the AFC, certainly, but even their own division, they were not contenders. So. Uh, that's one thing the Colts did not prove. Um, and, and with that, the Colts also proved that they're just not a mentally tough football team right now. They don't know what it takes to win and win in those critical moments. Guys, I can't tell you how many times in the 2022 season the Colts quite literally snatched defeat out of the jaws of victory. I mean, look no further than the final game of the season where the Colts were up. And what did they do? They blew it. They blew it in an epic way, an epic blown lead. For the Colts, they've done that all year. They did that in Minnesota. They've done that in so many different games this year where it's like the Colts just didn't want to win, right? Chris Ballard talked about it in his end of the year presser. They lost their competitive edge, right? They lost their competitive drive to win. And so their confidence was shot, right? It was very clear their confidence was shot. Right, even early on in the season, uh, the Colts starting in week one, it's kind of funny. Like you start in Houston. And you end against Houston, and you really should have lost both those games, right? There's no reason the Colts should have been down that much to Houston, who turned out to be one of the worst teams in the AFC and one of the worst teams in the NFL all year. And the Colts, the best they could do is tie with them. That kind of set the tone for what kind of season this was going to be. And the Colts had so many opportunities, so many one-possession games or games where they were in it in the fourth quarter 
where they just completely fell apart and they completely gave the game away. It felt like the Colts were never really like, you know, maybe a couple games you can point to the New England game and some of those other games where the culture just clearly outmatched from start to finish. But overall, it seemed like in a lot of these games, the Colts were in these games, right? They were really in these games. They had an opportunity to win and they just blew it. So the Colts don't know how to win. They lost their competitive confidence. And that just that just really sucks that they, they couldn't figure that out. Also, another one you got to talk about, and this goes as well with, uh, I guess that's kind of a two-parter. You know, the first part is Colts still don't really have a long-term number one edge rusher type of guy, like a dominant force on the edge. You know, obviously they traded for Yannick Ngakwe with that Rocky Sin trade. He, he turned out to be pretty solid. He had nine and a half sacks, but, you know, he wasn't like an all-around force like I, I think a lot of us hoped. Some of his sacks kind of came, you know, in clean-up garbage time sort of things. You know, they were more of those coverage sacks, if you will, and it never really felt like it came at a really critical time to, like, seal a game or anything like that. Now, the Colts do have two young guys that I, I think they're really high on, and a lot of us are really excited for, for Quiddy and Dio, but the Colts still have not had a guy emerge that is a clear-cut number one edge rusher. That's that alpha edge rusher. The Colts don't have that right now, and maybe Quiddy and Dio can be those guys, but as it stands right now, that's not the case with the Colts. And so that kind of leads into the second point, just the roster construction at what is well. I think the question that a lot of us had is, is this like a winning formula, right? To to invest or you invested on this team in terms of roster building. And it clearly showed it wasn't. It clearly showed it wasn't with the way that the Colts did it, with how much they were paying their offensive line, with how much they were paying some of their defensive interior guys. Like some of that stuff, which you know, understand, like that definitely was worth it in some ways to pay Grover and Buck great players for the Colts. But you look at like the things that they didn't really, you know, spend a lot of resources in. You look at some of those premium positions and you're just kind of like, what happened? You know, uh, why, why is this team the way it is? And I think that just has to go back to roster construction and kind of the, the core philosophy. And Chris Ballard has talked about in his press conference at the end of the year as well, how, you know, there were some things that were flawed, that he made mistakes that he screwed up in when it came to the roster construction. So I think that's something that you have to question is just like, is Chris Ballard's philosophy worked, you know, and it didn't last year. So it proved it failed. So can it work moving forward? We'll see. And will just Chris Ballard potentially, you know, change up a few more things and kind of some of his approaches. So we'll see on that one, but let's now move on to kind of the last uh, part here. Kind of the, the things the Colts did prove the questions that they did answer. And some of these kind of fell into their lap, you know, when, when your team's as incompetent as it is in 2022, you know, sometimes you're just going to get lucky into some situations. But I think one of them being the left tackle situation, you know, it started off completely terribly handled by Chris Ballard, where he legitimately put Matt Pryor at left tackle and thought he could be a viable solution. And that obviously blew up in the Colts' face. Their offensive line was terrible. Matt Pryor couldn't even touch defenders at times. Yeah, it was that bad, guys. It was that bad last year. But the positive of that is Matt Pryor was so bad that eventually the Colts just gave the reins to Bernard Ryman, and he grew into the position. He played really, really well down the stretch. So you potentially have now found a guy to fill the void that you've been looking for since AC hung it up after the 2022 season, or after the 2020 season, excuse me. So Bernard Ryman could potentially be your guy at left tackle, and that's huge because that's one of those premium positions, right, that 
the Colts have just not really been able to find a viable solution. They haven't really tried a whole lot beyond going for Eric Fisher for a year, uh, but that potentially is a position that the Colts found, which is great, great news there. Um, another one here, I think this was one that a lot of us, including myself, was kind of just dogging Chris Ballard in the offseason for last year of like relying on Paris Campbell to be that guy and play 17 games. And to his credit, he believed in Paris. He stuck to his guns. He stuck to his convictions. Paris went out and he played 17 games, and he was the most consistent receiver for the Colts last year. So for all the crap I give Chris Ballard, all the crap that some other people give Chris Ballard about how he's handled certain positions, he was right when it came to Paris Campbell this last year. So he definitely answered that Paris could be a part of the solution and not just a guy you move on from, another bust in the second round. Paris has some legitimate talent and some legitimate playmaking, and he's he's a wide receiver on this Colts team that's unlike any any of the other guys currently on the roster. So I think Paris definitely needs to be brought back, but the thing is Paris Campbell proved that he can play 17 games and he can be a part of the Colts solution. Hopefully that's a good sign of things to come for Paris Campbell, but that's one thing that he definitely answered in 2022. Um, another thing the Colts did answer is, and they got lucky with this one because they botched this one as well, uh, with the kicker position with Rodrigo Blankenship, right? You know, they started the year with him as their kicker. He screwed them up in the first game and almost lost them that game. I mean, he's the reason why the Colts tied, let's be completely honest. He's a big reason. He had two kicks out of bounds that gave Houston the ball you know, nearly at midfield. He missed the you know go-ahead game winner in overtime. But the good thing is, it allowed the Colts to bring back Chase McLaughlin, who had a career high in field goal percentage, made all his extra points, you know, was really good on kickoffs, and he's only 26 years old, going to be 27. You might have found your future at kicker. You know, you started off terribly, but it allowed you the opportunity to try again and potentially get your guy. And so I've been a big Chase guy for a while now, and I really, really hope that he's the guy moving forward because when he's been with Indianapolis, he's really shown that he can be a consistent guy at the kicker position. And it just, for the first time in a couple of years, guys, I feel very confident in the Colts kicker situation moving forward. So you kind of lucked into a couple of these, completely honest, which is fine with me. Absolutely fine with me. So those are some of the things that the Colts did and did not answer. And we'll see, guys, what exactly are some questions that we have this year and we'll come back in a year from now and say, hey, did the Colts fix some of these questions that we're going to have for them in the 2023 season moving forward? Hopefully the quarterback one's going to solve itself by the Colts simply just drafting drafting a guy. Hopefully they just do that. But there's going to be some other ones that you're going to have some questions on to see if the Colts can potentially answer them this upcoming season. So guys, that will do it for the look at the questions that the Colts did and did not answer in the 2022 season. Let me know your thoughts in the comments below. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We really appreciate all the support. You guys are amazing. Thank you for all the people who subscribe, all the people who listen. Be sure to hit that like button, subscribe, share it, get it out to more people because um, we're just going to continue to pump out the content for the Colts. And hopefully it's a great offseason for them, man, because Colts fans, we need it. We needed it. It was a rough season. We need a good offseason to feel confident about the direction of this team moving forward. And there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic about this team. So really excited about what the future holds there. But that will do it for this one, guys. Thank you so much as always. And as always, go Colts. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.